0: Welcome to Imagine This Podcast,
1: a conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our
2: region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way.
0: I'm David Lee.
2: I'm Lindsay Sheridan. And I'm Elizabeth Gasparca.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Imagine This Podcast.
1: Hey, David. How's it going? Hey, David. Hey, Lindsay.
0: Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. You know one thing I really love about these this last week of podcast producing? That What's I'm not that? doing any of the work, and that producer <laughs> Elizabeth is doing all of the work and making it amazing. That's, That's what I love. That's
2: right. Aw, thanks, David. Elizabeth That's is in charge, and hopefully, listeners, you're noticing an, an improvement already. But <laughs> thank you for joining us again. For another week of Imagine This Podcast. This week, we're talking about all things makers. Um, hearing more from Ryan Lasik of Milwaukee Makers Market. But before then, it's been a fun week here at Imagine. So what made it so fun, Lindsay? Well, we are just beginning a year-long, about a year-long surveying project called the Arts and Economic Prosperity Study, which I know may Six. not sound- Six. Thank you. Thank you, David.
1: Six.
0: Which,
2: which may not <laughs> sound very fun on the surface, but- it means that we get to go out to performances and hand some surveys to audience members and learn about um, the economic impact of their attendance at the show. Right. So that's like how much they spent on their ticket, how much they spent on anything around going to that show. So like restaurant or babysitters or transportation or whatever, and also ask them about what they value about the venue or the organization that they're attending, what they value, how they value arts and culture being Mm. accessible in that way in Milwaukee. So It's going to be a fun year of hearing from at least 800 audience members, but we kicked it off last night where I did some surveying at Milwaukee Opera Theatres, long anticipated production of Lorfeo. So it was really fun to be out in the world and seeing this production, which was really, really incredible in Calvary Church over by Marquette.
0: What was so it I had like, a blast. I, what, it was a real treat. You know? What was it like intercepting people when as they, as they were walking into to, to Calvary Church?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I actually allowed them to allow them. <laughs> they sat down. <laughs> they sat down. I did not, as they per- picked up their ticket, bombard them with a survey in this case. Um, but people settled in. And then I walked around, you know, just introducing the survey and asking if they wouldn't mind taking five minutes to do it. So now, you know, folks, if you see us... You may or may right. not recognize us, but if you see someone coming up to you with a clipboard <laughs> and a survey <laughs> and a nervous-looking face, it's probably the survey in the next year.
0: <laughs> we, there, there's been a little bit of an internal debate as to whether or not we we should have like uh, branded t-shirts or name tags. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I think well, we're going to have
2: both for different you We may scenarios. have both. Lindsay's
0: yeah. going to roll up to you in a t-shirt, a branded t-shirt and a name tag with the logo on it, so it'll be two <laughs> logos that why, should i tell why you why no. me
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be you actually david I... it, it might be me it might yeah, be okay it.
0: i, I right, really guys. love those i really love those magnety uh i know things. i love I know. them.
2: so so we're
1: all gonna wear the t-shirt okay yeah it's that's gonna that's be right. okay we will yeah it's <laughs> team effort yeah.
2: Yeah, I did need, I did need some identification last night, so they didn't, they knew I wasn't just like, I don't know, snake oil salesperson or something. Some some, some
0: rando who just snuck into the theater trying to like gather people's economic data. That's
2: right, that's right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Someone who gets
1: their jollies by surveying strangers.
0: Well,
2: I've- but it was, you know, thanks to, thanks to Milwaukee Opera Theater and a perianimum, it was a bit of a collaborative performance on, on letting us come and survey your audience members. For me, it was a real treat to sit in the back at the table, with, you know, the, the little box office table and, and observe Jelana taking in the performance, making hmm. little notes about, you know, the minor director changes she wanted to make for the next few performances of the run. And it just felt really cool to be there with them. So more, more of that to come, Elizabeth. You're going nice. to go survey yes. uh, tonight, actually. Woo.
1: Where are you going? Yes. I'm going to Juno Park to Poetry in the Park hosted by Woodland
2: Pattern. That's right. So if you catch this on the day of the podcast release Tuesday, go visit Elizabeth at Poetry in the Park with our friends from Woodland Pattern.
0: The trick will be to see if whether or not Elizabeth can approach you and recite a sonnet in oh. the in the style of of AEP six, or oh, or talking about the benefits of
2: sonnet. can it just be a haiku
0: or a haiku? It it seems that's A little it. more
1: yeah. doable.
2: Might you please <laughs> take this survey? Um, no, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> it's a promising start. I'm
1: gonna Thank revisit you. that. Yeah, I'll be re I'll be ready. I'll be ready by Tuesday for sure. For sure. So today. As we're speaking with Ryan Lasek of Milwaukee Makers Market, we wanted to put some thought into what we would do if we decided as a side gig to become makers in the Milwaukee Makers Market scene. How would we earn our keep? How would we make an impression? <laughs> what would our wares be? So yeah, David, any any thoughts on, on what you would make and sell?
0: This was such a fun exercise. And... My wares would be all memento mori stuff, right? so imagine like embroidered so you know like those live love laugh signs, but it's like <laughs> in the midst of life, you're in death or uh just <laughs> like all of that sort of stuff that reminds people that uh, of their of their mortality right that would be Boogie. that would be my 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 maker's stall is basically so- like yeah, it's basically like <laughs> mementos of of our mortality and and, and how we are, uh, oh my we, God. We, we are all on a path towards. Um...
1: Hurdling towards death.
2: Hurdling. Well, right. I, no, I, right. I feel I encourage this. <laughs> Listeners, if you did not already know that David was quite so morose, I invited him and Tammy to come to a choir performance of mine. And the title of the concert was In the Midst of Life. Dot, 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 dot. It right. would be We Are in Death <laughs> that Was is the rest of the line. And he's really. That's really stuck with him. So, yeah, it really
0: spoke to me. I I think it is, I'm really considering it to be, to becoming my next tattoo, which will, may also be a part of my, my, my stall.
1: Okay. So, I, I want to just surface here for the listeners that David also has a funeral playlist. This is something I learned about him early on in my days at Imagine. And, (laughs) I just think it's oh. it's it's both morose but also kind of genius, right? Like you
0: want to be able to <laughs> you want to definitely be able to to control, you know, how how you remember through song and obviously I don't trust my wife's musical taste, so you need to make sure that that is set, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll link to it in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, so if anybody... <laughs> There's a collaborative playlist, also, by the way, that Mac started. You've done this that,
2: that, We've done that, this before. We've done this before. Welcome back, listeners. That, yeah. that if you
0: want to add uh, your, your favorite death song, death or funeral song, you, you can do well, that. Well, I'm going to add Media you will Vita. license
2: it. I'm going to add Media Vita to it.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, David, I'm picturing you as a salesman of Memento Moris in, like, full goth. Is that, is that also part of your plan?
0: <laughs> no, I, it, we, not in full goth, right? Like okay. literally like in a t-shirt with the sunshine on it and rainbows. <laughs> Cause like, it is all about like memento mori, at least to me, right? It's all about life, right? It's all about mm-hmm. like making sure that, that, that you all, that we all right. Get the most out of our existence because we are literally here, but for a moment. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and that, and that moment is, is, is all we have.
1: Hmm. It's hard to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, what about you? If you were to become a, a maker in Milwaukee makers market, what would you be
2: hawking? Okay, well, I was already gonna say embroidery mm-hmm. of some or no partnership, stitch, collab, collab. We right could collaborate. Happening. But see, here's the thing. Now, guys, Dave, now, now that guys, do work well together. Well, now that David has said that, I my cross stitch is gonna be quotes of light. So you know, just for example, David mentions wanting to get a tattoo of in the midst of life we are in death." Another line that that people mentioned wanting a tattoo of uh, from this choir concert was, "Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky." Mm. So my quotes would be really, really nice sentiments to mm. contrast the death-focused ones. No, I don't know. I uh, I got into cross-stitch during the pandemic, so it is a bit mm. of a skill I picked up, but I was just following patterns. So uh, <laughs> it would really, really uh, have to take a bit of an evolution to become original designs mm. uh, worthy of a maker's market, but it would be fun to explore that. Yeah. How about you, yes. Elizabeth? Well,
1: I would either have to go with somewhat poorly done ambidextrous portraits of people. I have like a little bit of ambidexterity. um, (laughs) So I like to play around with that and sometimes draw with my left hand. This is going to sound insane, but I can actually draw with my foot so yeah, I would I would do. Whoa portraits. whoa whoa! You'd have to pay whoa. extra. You'd have whoa. to pay extra for the foot portraits. Um, wait
0: wait 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 a second! You can draw <laughs> with both feet, or you ambidextrous? No, no, no. Just, with your oh, feet?
1: Oh no! Just just one foot. Which foot? Like, both hands. <laughs> 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 my right. It's it's my dominant foot. So okay yeah. How, how
0: did you learn this? Were you inspired I... by after watching my left foot with with Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> or were you just like at home one day and just like no decided to to check it out?
1: Um, No, I was an art major in college and I fractured my wrist. Oh my God. So I had to, I was in drawing classes and I just had to experiment. And I had an, a teacher who was phenomenal. He encouraged me to just play around and explore different ways of seeing and different ways of responding to what I was seeing. So. Cool. Yeah. Is that how you
0: developed being able to draw with your non-dominant hand or did you go straight from (laughs) dominant hand to foot? (laughs)
1: No, definitely uh went right hand, left hand, uh foot. So yeah.
0: <laughs> And then you stopped at, at right foot and didn't, yes. didn't go to left. No, I
1: didn't I didn't take it any further than that. I didn't I didn't feel that there was any anywhere else to go
2: with it. That's that's amazing. Thanks.
1: My my other thought is I have this like obsession with fish fries in Wisconsin and a few years ago I started memorializing them with little tiny miniature clay representations of some of my favorite fish fries. So I went through a phase where I was going to fish fries, taking pictures of them, and then going home and using Sculpey clay to create tiny little miniature fish fries. Where's you your fish fry it? collection?
0: Yeah, where, where is this collection?
1: <laughs> um, it's It only exists on Instagram, but
2: yeah. <gasps> wow, what an Easter egg. I did not know we were going to get out of this episode. <laughs> Okay, that's amazing. Hmm. Well, come see our wares. Depressing and uplifting embroidered quotes <laughs> and, and beguiling uh, fish fry miniatures.
0: <laughs> I would say inspiring and inspiring embroidered quotes and miniatures. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let us transition to uh, speak with Ryan Lasig a little bit about his his amazing... Milwaukee Makers Market. So without further ado, Ryan Lasig is an artist, educator, and the creator and director of the Milwaukee Makers Market. As the organizer of this market, he humbly puts the mission of the market before tooting his own horn as an artist. Milwaukee Maker's Market is so much more than a maker's market and artisan fair. It's a celebration of the city's creators and our local community. Creator Ryan Lasig curates each market to cre- create a perfect opportunity for small business owners to sell their wares and make connections with fans and other makers. What started in 2015 as a small outdoor event in the Colectivo Bayview parking lot has grown into the largest, longest-running monthly market where makers and guests fill venues like Discovery World Museum, the Ivy House, and even local breweries. Fans know that the MMM creates safe, fun, and unique market experiences. With no at-the-door admission fee, anyone and everyone is welcome to shop or browse. Their mission is to support local makers by creating fun and safe one-stop shop experiences, connecting our artisans with current and future fans, and celebrating Milwaukee's incredible makers community. After the break, Ryan Lasik. Welcome, Ryan. So imagine this podcast. We're so excited to have you here.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: So to kick us off, we're wondering if you can start by telling us a story of an arts or cultural experience that left a strong imprint on you.
3: I would love to. I, you know, I've experienced so many great things here in Milwaukee, but a lot of things that, that stand out in my mind were, were some of my early experiences with different markets, you know, such as art versus craft that used to happen here in Milwaukee and hovercraft that still is a thing today. So some of the early makers markets, Courtney Heimerell, who does hovercraft, she started a makers market back, you know, I don't know, forever ago um, in the Collectivo parking lot. And that was one of my first shows that I got to experience being a maker. I'm a photographer and an artist. And so being able to put my artwork out there in the public and get a lot of feedback and even make some sales, it made me feel like a legitimate artist. It made me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm a small business now. And so that's something that'll always stick with me and inspired me to kind of start the path that I'm on now with Milwaukee Makers Market. So you know, experiencing some of these things such as hovercraft and, and maker's market back in the collectivo parking lot. And even gallery shows, was one of my first gallery shows with arts at large it made me, you know, again, feel like, all right, I I made it, I'm doing something. I, I am an artist. I'm not just like doing it as a hobby. So um, that those are the things that definitely stick out in my mind.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm curious for you to share more with us about your own artistic practice and how you came to photography and just tell us a little bit more about your work. And like you noted, there's that moment where you're like, oh, I'm an artist now, but I'm just curious, like, what was the path to that, that got you to that invitation to the maker's market? Like, how did you kind of find your footing in being an artist uh, in Milwaukee?
3: yeah you know doing photo shoots and and doing different mixed media art and just showing my friends but then having like a a bayview gallery night and and kind of jumping in with some of my art friends that are are, i guess more established and and being able to Mm -hmm. showcase my stuff you know they said well hey make a book or make some prints Mm -hmm. having that confidence to go okay my my work is good enough for the public i'm gonna apply for some of these markets i'm gonna apply for some of these, these galleries Uh, So once I knew I had these products, you know, so to speak, whether it's a book or some framed photography or or artwork on canvas, um, that's when I said, okay, you know, uh, get some confidence and apply Mm -hmm. for these shows. And the worst that can happen is they say no. And and luckily I was accepted to some of these maker's markets and these gallery shows. And, you know, once you sell that first piece, you just want to keep on making more and more. And, so that's really motivated me to just continue my, my artwork.
1: Mm, awesome. So as a follow-up question, how did you go from being an artist, an entrepreneur to envisioning yourself as the person who was spearheading this maker's market?
3: Yeah, that's an amazing question because I, I really never saw myself in this role. I, I, I just saw myself as an artist and a photographer and just doing my thing. But then once... Makers Market was kind of being um, not not pushed to the side, but kind of um, stopped because I believe, um, you know, Courtney was doing Makers Markets at Collectivo. I believe she was kind of um, expecting her second child and, and, you know, continuing her family. And so I was already kind of stepping into that role with Brady Street. Brady Street was doing Sunday Fundays and I, I was putting on some of those events Uh, just again to get my own work and my friends' work and and we're all small businesses and artists trying to get out there. And they said, hey, Ryan, why don't you take it over? So I had talks with Courtney. I had talks with Collectivo. I took all the good and and bad things I've heard of, you know, artists doing these other events around town or craft fairs and things like that. And, oh, this is what I loved. And, "Ah, you know, I wish they would have done this a little bit differently. So I took all of that information in and said, All right, I'm going to create my own baby, if you will, and it'll be the Milwaukee Makers Market. So having some of my experience with doing shows like Brady Street Sunday Fundays and uh, being on the committee with Humboldt Park's Art in the Park, you know, taking everything I've learned, working with people like Steph Salvia, who's done large shows such as, um, you know, Summer Solstice and things like that. uh, I took all of that information. I took everything the makers and the artists loved and didn't like and, and just said, all right, let's go for it. And I'm going to put on this thing, not only for these small businesses, but now something Milwaukee can be proud of hopefully. And so that's where the Milwaukee makers market was born. And, uh, thankfully we were going on our sixth season now.
2: Awesome. And through the pandemic and everything still hanging on doing amazing stuff. Thanks. Yeah. I'm curious. What do you see as the difference between an the word artist and the word maker and the word creative all these things that we use that are kind of interchangeable what feels different about maker if anything and what makes Milwaukee particularly like a real town for makers like a town for creators and entrepreneurs you know talk to talk to us more about kind of both of those things
3: sure and I think You know, I use makers as kind of, I guess, the umbrella term because we were always called vendors. You know, Mm -hmm. you're a vendor at a show and (laughs) no vendors are somebody where, you know, you might be selling Tupperware or something like that. And (laughs) hey, if that's, yeah, if that's your gig, that's fine. But but makers, I feel, is the, is the, the umbrella term for. Uh, poetry writers, illustrators, painters, bakers, um, jewelry designers, clothing designers. So if you're using your own mind and your own hands and your own ideas to to bring something to life, you're a maker. So that's why it's great to see the diversity that we have at the Milwaukee Makers Market because Milwaukee has so many talented individuals when it comes to coffee roasters painters Mm -hmm. illustrators book writers so it's one of those things where you'll go to a big box store and go oh i need this 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 and this where i can turn around and go hey somebody in milwaukee makes this 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 and this and i'm going to get it from all Mm -hmm. these local people Mm -hmm. so if i'm looking for soap i can get that from a local person if i'm looking for candles if i'm looking for some delicious food or some treats or a gift all of those things can be found right here in my city I just have to find a place to find all of it at once instead of going to all these different Etsy shops and things like that. That's where it's so cool to have Milwaukee Makers Market take all of these talented small businesses and and makers and creatives and artists and just put them all in one spot. So, you know, I can selfishly do all of my shopping right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing. And it's so cool to then get to live with the objects that you have and know that there's a connection right back in the community or to someone who's a friend or a friend of a friend. Um, I know personally when I'm acquiring objects, that makes them extra special.
3: Yeah. That's the biggest thing that is is such a great experience of Milwaukee Makers Market is because You're not just going somewhere and spending some cash and you're like, cool, I got something I like. You get to ask them questions about the product. You get to hear their story. What's your passion? Why did you start, you know, designing this clothing or, you know, why did you get into candle making? So you really get to hear their story. You get to see the person that actually made the product. And you might even get to meet their family, or you might go, oh, hey, we went to high school together, or, you know, you live on the same street as me. So just hearing those stories is what really makes it such a full experience. And and that's something where every time you come to Milwaukee Makers Market, I hear a new story for, oh, you know, did you know we're actually second cousins through so and so and so so? So, you know, just hearing these stories is what really, brings it home. And, and, and yeah, it's great to see these small businesses continue to grow, but the stories I think are what makes memories.
1: Mm, I love that. Um, As a follow-up question, Ryan, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about the formation of Milwaukee Makers Market from an entrepreneurial perspective. So you shared with us that you, you know, sort of got access to these blueprints of how others um, jumped into the world of hosting markets, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And then also how the market has evolved over these last six
3: years. Yeah, definitely. You know, starting at Collectivo in the parking lot, you know, we we learned from there that obviously Milwaukee weather can change so much. Uh, so we've we've grown more partnerships with Discovery World, um, Ivy House MKE, and different local breweries as well to continue to grow it. And you know, just growing throughout the years. And and like I said, yeah, taking all these different uh, tips and tricks. our our goal is to just bring something that Milwaukee needs and and make that grow and something that that Milwaukee can be proud of. And and knowing that if I can be like the captain of the ship to go to, to call out to everybody and say, hey, come on board. If you're a maker, if you're a small business owner, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, come out and apply. And if you don't get in right away, there's still a chance for you to, to get called sh- uh, on board. You know, Every month we use our waiting list. We've had over 300 applications this year wow. and usually about 120 get selected to be a part of the Milwaukee Makers Market. But you know, things happen, somebody has a wedding to go to or a baby is, is on its way. And so we always use our waiting list every month. And mm-hmm. again, it's great to see that smile where somebody goes, this is my first market, I'm, I'm scared, but I'm excited. And we go, no, come on board. We'll, we'll help you make it smooth. And by the end of the event, they're really appreciative of, of that. It was a smooth way for them to get new customers, tell their story and just go, Hey, I'm, I'm a legitimate small business. I can be (laughs) proud of what I do. And, and so I think that's why we are, are continuing to well, because we have amazing venues like Discovery World where it's a gorgeous location, it's family friendly, and you know, it, it's um, accessible to everyone. And it's always free. All of our Milwaukee Makers Markets are free to attend. So you, know, you never have to come and spend money at all. You can just come and enjoy the atmosphere. And knowing that half of the people that come are just looking for the experience and to enjoy the day, The other half are looking for a specific product, possibly, then they want to support local. But then there's also a a percentage of people that are are small business owners that just want to take a look at it and go, is this something that I can be a part of? And so when they come up to me and introduce themselves, I'm like, hey, I saw your application. It's so nice to put a face with a name Mm -hmm. and a company and a a small business. So again, just that that networking and bringing Milwaukee as a, a tighter community um, you know, obviously we, we use the term small walkie all the time, <laughs> it, it, it makes it just that much closer and smaller and, and a really loving community and, and I think that's one thing that Milwaukee if you haven't experienced the maker community yet come out and experience it because all of these people are just amazing individuals and creators. And Mm -hmm. it's never like a pressure situation. You know, you go to some of these, you know, big box places or maybe some type of festival and there's that person like, Hey, sign up for this and buy this, Mm -hmm. buy this. Nobody's ever chasing you going, Hey, take out your money. They're going, Hey, how's your day? You know? Oh, do you have any questions? Let me know. Um, so hopefully that answered your, your question. uh,
2: You know, I'm, I'm picturing Ryan, uh, being in that space and, hearing all those stories of how people got started. And I find sometimes when I walk up to folks that are that are uh, at events like this, I get more shy than I would think or should be. And like, don't ask the questions, don't hear the stories. So this feels like a good reminder that it like, people want to talk, you know, they want to find those points of connection and not to like put you on the spot and having to like dig up a favorite story. But I'm thinking about like of the of the makers that you work with at the market, do you have one that just has like a really fascinating story about how they came to their craft? Um, because I also think maybe for listeners who might think like, oh, I've always had an idea or I've always had a creative itch, but like haven't done the thing, you know, like what's that path?
3: I can't say there's like one in particular because every story is so unique and so mm-hmm. amazing, whether it's live a little ice cream, who's just yeah. a college student. Uh, Learning to create vegan ice cream and because, you know, that's what they needed to eat. They can't have regular ice cream. Mm -hmm. So live a little ice cream, making vegan ice cream and and becoming such a hit around Milwaukee. Um, uh, Eco Evy making um, clothing out of recycled materials for children. Um, A lot of these businesses are uh, minority owned or women owned businesses. Big White Yeti Candle Company is a a woman owned Mm -hmm. business. Um, Artery Inc. is a woman owned business. Uh, Chase May Creations is a minority owned business and woman owned business. So, mm-hmm. just hearing their stories of becoming entrepreneurs is very inspiring. I see so many people that were even students. I have UWM and my ed students that just want to give it a shot. Hey, I make greeting cards, I make pins and buttons, and I'm scared to get out there. I've never done a show. And I just go, Well, I'm happy to have you because I love your work, and I hope everybody here is going to love your work too. So, It's one of those things where everybody does have a story, whether it's, Hey, I'm doing this just to put my kids through school and to put food on our table because this is my dream. And Mm -hmm. that's where one, not just one stands out to me, but so many stories stand out to me because it's their dreams. I'm seeing people really follow their dreams and be happy with waking up every day and going, this is what I love to do.
2: Mm -hmm. Amazing. Speaking of big white Yeti, I have one of them right on my desk and it was, I, it was a real treat. I would like order a big white Yeti candle, like every m- couple of months during the pandemic, <laughs> I'm like time for a new scent. I need comfort. So, anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. That's
3: fantastic.
1: <laughs> so Ryan kind of looping back to how you've grown, how Milwaukee makers market has grown over the last several years what was it about Discovery World and the Ivy House Milwaukee that spoke to you as venues and how did those relationships come to be?
3: Yeah. So, you know, working with Collectivo at the start was fantastic doing these outdoor events, but with that Milwaukee weather, it just, you know, it can get a little crazy out there, whether it's rain or hundred degrees <laughs> and Discovery World actually invited us in just for their shop small Saturday in November. And so that was a great collaboration right there. And then we kind of said, hey, would you like to be like our home base? Because you have a gorgeous venue. It's inside, so we don't have to worry about the weather. And you're family friendly, so people of all ages are coming. And they said, that's a great idea. So we definitely have kind of made Discovery World our home base. There's plenty of parking, whether it's on the street or underground. We've been in the pavilion these past couple of years. So we've went from the Discovery World Promenade to the Discovery World Pavilion, which makes it even better because we have our own exit and entrance. We have our own bathrooms. We have these gorgeous windows to let all this natural light in and to, and to see Lake Michigan and more space to bring in more small businesses. So just teaming up with Discovery World has been a dream. It really has. They are on Path with our mission, and I think that's the biggest thing. Is they're not just, hey, yeah, we'll open the doors for you so we can make money or something like that. It's no, we'll open the doors for you because we want to support small businesses, mm-hmm. and that's where Ivy House also came in um, because a lot of our makers, such as Big White Yeti, they've done candles for Ivy House or the weddings that Ivy House does and and things like that. So meeting with the team over at Ivy house, same thing. They really loved our mission of supporting local businesses and said, yeah, we would love to be one of your venues. And of course, they're booked out with weddings throughout the whole year. So we're very lucky to get in there once in the springtime in May and once in the fall in October. Um, Cause it's just a gorgeous venue. If they, they follow our mission. And again, that's the kind of the biggest, the, the biggest draw for us to, to team up with these venues and some of these breweries of well. we've teamed up with good city brewing in the past. We've teamed up with um, MKE brewing company in the past before too, because they follow our mission. I've had venues approach me and say, Hey, we'd love to host you, but can we charge a, uh, an admission at the door? We're going to mm. keep, you know, obviously all the, the beer and um, soda sales, but we're also going to serve Food, so you can't have any food vendors or food mm. makers. And so that's when I go, so you're looking to just profit off of us. You're actually not looking to push these small businesses forward. Mm. And so I've had to say no to some of these venues and that's where teaming up with discovery world and Ivy house, I'm going to, I'm going to ask them every year to be a partner with us because they're they're They follow that mission of supporting small businesses and and keeping Milwaukee growing. They're not looking at dollar signs. They're looking at growing Milwaukee and pushing Milwaukee forward.
1: I love that. That's awesome. So what are the specific goals of Milwaukee Makers Market
3: this summer? So our, our goal this year is definitely to get New people, you know, we've done that on our end where, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, I love seeing some of the same makers month after month, but can we get some new people in there? So we definitely have done that this year where I say about 50% of our our makers are returning um, uh, veterans, I guess you could say. They've been with us many years now. And the other 50% is all new, whether it's students, businesses that just started over the pandemic. Um, Space Time Coffee, they just came out during the pandemic, so we love having them. And so having that diversity and um, all these different types of uh, variety of businesses is our goal. We also want people to come back. You know, if you've come to one before and you said, okay, I've seen what I've seen, I'm done. No, come on back. See the new small businesses we have and tell your friends, tell your family, because we definitely want people to come and enjoy this experience. You know, I, I hear it all the time where somebody will come up to the, the information table and go, oh, this is my first time here. And I'm so glad I came because they just expected it to be, you know, your, your average craft fair or uh, like a flea market where someone's just selling their stuff from their basement. And And when they go, oh, these are small businesses right here in my neighborhood. These are artists who You know, I might have been a student in the same class with them or something like that. Um, That's where our goal is to just get more people to come and experience it. Because I think a lot of people still think that a maker's market is just, you know, uh, a rummage sale. Mm. And it's so much more than that. It's, It's not a rummage sale of old basement stuff. It is quality products done by people right in your neighborhood. Uh, so that's our goal this year is to just really branch out and get people to come in and, and realize what we're trying to do to push Milwaukee forward.
2: The amount of work to get that many vendors lined up time and again just sounds astounding. Do you have a team that works with you? Is it just you? Like how how do how does that how does that materialize and and are you looking for people to get involved or how could people get involved if so?
3: Um, so I gotta be completely honest with you for, so this is our sixth season for the first four seasons. It was just me. Um, and also with the help <laughs> wow. of my mother, when it comes to keeping oh, track of like finances and things like that and budgeting. <laughs> um, and uh, over the past two years, UWM has um, brought me on as um, uh, an internship uh creator or mentor. So uh, I have brought in every semester a UWM student that wants to either learn um, PR, so they're either talking to newspapers and and talking to news outlets, or they want to learn event planning and event logistics. So then I have uh, a person come on to do that with me. So um, thankfully, uh, Marissa, she was a UWM student who came on as an intern. I've actually hired her on as part of my team because she did such a fantastic job. Uh, and I've had some amazing interns throughout these semesters. Uh, Therese, one of my interns, um, you know, she learned so much through Milwaukee Makers Market and then moved on to work with other businesses such as the Downtown Bid, and now has a, a job with State Fair. So it, that it's cool to see that these students are coming in and learning, and then going out into the field, and and getting jobs and in, in what they want as a career. So thankfully, I've been getting some some help from the UWM interns, and uh, I have a UWM intern coming on this summer that is going to learn all the ropes, the good and the <laughs> bad. And uh, I'm very thankful to be able to to teach these things and to have. Uh, a helping hand as well because uh, when I'm there at 6 a.m uh, getting all these booths set up and measuring everything and you know running around like crazy it's nice to have an extra helper to go hey go tell them where to go or, or they need help carrying some things so um, but yeah it, it's Otherwise it was just kind of, uh, me and and my mom, I gotta give her, I gotta give her that shout out for the first like four years. So, um, but I'm really appreciative of my UWM interns that have been coming on now.
1: Props to Ryan's mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much for that insight. And yeah, what a great program. So you've given us so many great reflections on the ethos and the goals of wonky makers market. But I'm wondering if you can kind of zoom out a little bit and weigh in on how your maker's market and other maker's markets in Milwaukee, how they fit into the overall arts and culture ecosystem within our city.
3: Yeah, I think that's another fantastic question because uh, especially now in 2022, I see so many Outside companies trying to actually profit on Milwaukee, whether they're from Chicago or from Minnesota, they're coming into Milwaukee and really trying to do what we're doing here with with Milwaukee Maker's Market and some of these other markets, like the New Walkie Night Market, is always such a great um, treat. And and I know Sherman Phoenix has been doing some makers markets, so it's great to see these local uh, markets, but. You know, seeing these outside companies come in—that means a—we're doing something right if we're getting attention from these other, you know, Chicago and Minnesota. But you know, as as long as our small businesses are being pushed forward and, and helped, I don't mind these outside companies coming in. But I think people have to realize a lot of that money then isn't staying in Milwaukee; mm-hmm. it's going back to Chicago, it's going back to Minnesota, uh, and so you know, focusing on Milwaukee makers market and, you know, possibly Sherman Phoenix markets and Mm -hmm. Milwaukee night markets and hovercraft and things like that. That's where, you know, the money that's being spent at these shows is staying in Milwaukee. Mm. Um, So, so, you know, looking outward just as Wisconsin and as Milwaukee as a whole, these markets are pushing our economy forward. It's helping Mm. keep the money that you're spending in Milwaukee. You're helping put um, kids through school. You're helping put food on these people's tables. You're helping order that next batch of t-shirts for their clothing company, that next batch of jars for your candle company, your, your fragrances for your soap company. So I think that's the big picture is when we put on these local shows such as Milwaukee Makers Market and these other events, when you're supporting them, you really are supporting your community. Mm -hmm. That money isn't going somewhere where you're never going to see it again. Mm -hmm. It's going into these families. It's going into these small businesses. And you can go then, you know, a couple of years later and go, I remember when you had your first candle or your first, you know, um, greeting cards and I bought one of them. And now it's so great to see that you've turned into this successful company. And so that's where moving Milwaukee forward with these events isn't a lie. It's something that's literally happening because of the support of everybody in the community. And that's where we encourage people, whether you're from Kenosha, you're from Racine. I have a maker that comes from Fort Atkinson. I have a maker that comes from some prairie I've even had people drive down from Green Bay to be part of our shows. So even if you're not right here in the city of Milwaukee, you're still a Wisconsinite. You're still part of this maker community and economy. And yeah, the the fact that your, your dollar, when it's being spent, isn't going to a big box store for a commercial during the Super Bowl. Mm. It's going to literally pushing these small businesses forward, which overall then pushes your, your city forward and your community.
2: Beautifully said. love it. I appreciate that Sun Prairie shout out because that's where I grew up. Nice. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to check out that maker this summer. Sweet. Um. So can you give us a bit of a rundown of uh, the opportunities to come to the market this summer and uh, when people can check it out?
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, you can always check out on Facebook. We always post maker spotlights. Our Instagram page, we're posting daily, which reminds me I need to do that. Um, so yeah, we're, we're always posting maker spotlights, what to expect, who's going to be there next. Our next event is June 19th for Father's Day. We're celebrating Father's Day uh, as well as Juneteenth. So, we'll have a, a great variety and diverse um, lineup of makers for that. And then I believe July 17th will be at Discovery World. August will be back at Discovery World. September at Discovery World. October will be back at Ivy House. That's going to be more of our uh, spooky Halloween kind of <laughs> um, fall event. Uh, Shop Small Saturday in November at Discovery World. Uh, And our holiday pop up, we we always end with our holiday pop up. Um, We're going to be at Discovery World for that as well. So, you know, it's -hmm. been, again, great making Discovery World our our home base. But uh, again, all that information in if if you want to go right to the website. But if you're on Facebook or Instagram, definitely give us a follow. Um, because we post those, those vendor mm-hmm. spotlights, those maker spotlights. So that's where you'll see, oh, so and so's from my hometown or so-and-so is, <laughs> you know, making this product that I'm looking for. Uh, so th- those are something to always keep an eye out for.
2: Awesome. This is a great reminder that these opportunities are happening year round. I mean, probably a lot of people seek this sort of stuff closer to the holidays, but you can support Milwaukee makers every single month. (laughs) Thanks to, thanks to the market. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, we, we take off for January, February, and March because, um, you know, right after our holiday pop-up in December, we open up our application January 2nd, Mm. usually. So we're, we're right back hitting the ground running. (laughs) Um, so that's when we give that opportunity to apply from January, February, and then early March, we start to go through the applications. Because uh, we want to be ready for April, we always start right in April, celebrating spring. Um, celebrating 414 Day is usually our our theme for April um, mm, to nice. to just kick off the season, celebrating Milwaukee and and that's where yeah, spring, summer, and fall and winter we we want to be able to bring these things to the Milwaukee communities and and to the public. Awesome.
1: Well, Ryan, you've given so many great shout outs to some vendors, but I'm wondering if there are any vendors that you haven't mentioned yet that are really close to your heart or who are new this year that you're super excited about. Uh, I'd love to hear a couple more shout
3: outs. Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm going to scream out a thousand of them probably. So yeah, we (laughs) talked about um, James Stino Gallery, Chase My Creations. We have Outwoken Tea this year. Um, Fantastic. Um, Herbal Teas, we have Live a Little Ice Cream, Big White Yeti Candle, uh, Mild Fever, um, another minority-owned business t-shirt company that's all local-themed, Space Time Coffee, Square One Soapworks, uh, MB Squared Photography, an LGBTQ uh, photographer, we also have Blue Mountain Co., Amazing Leatherworks, Mabel Jewelry, different ceramicists, um, Lena Ceramics, Man, Essential Raw Naturals, Beauty Products, Nourish Naturals, um, Happy Joy Candy Floss, if you want to get some sugar. Uh, uh, Matilda Bakehouse, which has been great at our events. Uh, Jeff Balk Studios, a comic book artist. Uh, David Bayer, Bayer Beware, another great artist. Adam Matthew, Inc. Uh, That's a new face that we have this year. Chandler Haugen, Frank and Bella, amazing upcycle jewelry from Tin Works. Uh, Abby Bell does uh, fantastic pop art. I would call it. You know, I I literally can just go on and on and on. <laughs> it's one of those things where when somebody says, "What do you have?" I go, "What are you looking for?" Because I'll that that'll help me narrow it down to a specific person. Because we do literally have everything, whether it's from mm. body products to jewelry to to women's clothing to men's clothing to upcycled things. You know, we have mish Mismashed Up, which will mm. create these one-of-a-kind um, flannels and things like that. Mm. Uh, we have Soul Spin, which is you get to create your own artwork on a record. Uh, it's it just, yeah, some of these cool <laughs> interactive makers to amazing, you know, we have Sweetly Baked MKE with their um, cookies and brownies and macrons and and, um, you know, we even at our uh, Ivy house venue, we even have CBD products and things like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, if, if you don't wanna go into, a, let's say a dispensary type store, you can come to a market where they'll explain these products to you. And uh, we have Little Women Creations doing crochet and knitting, whether you want a hat or a scarf or just a plush toy to take home. Uh, St. Angel Productions as well with plushies. You know, it's one of those things where you, you'll show up to a Milwaukee makers market and you'll go, I did not expect to see this here. Mm. And I'm so glad I came because if you're looking for a towel, come on down. There's going to be somebody (laughs) selling towels. If you're looking for soaps, someone's going to have soaps. If you're looking for that new outfit, someone's going to have some clothing for you. Um, So yeah, I get really excited when, (laughs) when I, when I get to talk about the, the variety of makers that we have.
2: Oh, I love it. I'm now hungry, ready to like smell some good candles and ready to like pick out a new cool pair of earrings or something. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Ryan, I feel like if you haven't
1: considered it, I feel like you should recruit a group of personal shoppers or matchmakers. So when people arrive at the maker's market, they can be like, I'm looking for a towel or a plush toy. And then your people can just send them in the right direction.
0: Definitely.
3: Yeah. That's, that's going to be for those, those UWM interns. I'm going to be like, you're going to become personal shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> that on the resume. Yes.
2: Well, Ryan, as we begin to wrap up our time together, you know, we always love to ask people and, or an ask is not the word, bestow them with the power to be the Milwaukee's all powerful leader of arts and culture for a few minutes and invite you to think about what would you change? What's the policy you would enact during that time? So I'm going to bestow that upon you now. uh, Share with us what you would do.
3: Yeah, um, I think it's going to be twofold. You know, we have such great opportunities in Milwaukee, such as the like St. Kate um, Artists in Residence or the Pfister Artists in Residence. I feel like that should be kind of mandatory. If you own like a big mm. business or a big company, like a hotel mm-hmm. or something like that, every year you should have to hire like an artist in residence. Mm. Yeah. And then going even further with that during the pandemic, you know, I was lucky enough to apply for some of these um, local small business grants for artists and for makers. And, you know, it definitely helped, But some of them capped out at like $1,000. Mm-hmm. And that helped a lot. But when you hear these giant companies are getting million dollar, you know, COVID subsidies and things like that. And the small business people are like, oh, you either didn't make enough to qualify for this mm-hmm. small mm-hmm. business, you know, um, subsidy or, or, you know, you've only been in business for a year or two years. I think just local grants is needed. You know, we have Mm -hmm. some amazing art grants for murals and things like that, but I think Milwaukee needs to focus now on these small business entrepreneurs and supply more grants for for these small businesses Mm -hmm. and open it up to even larger communities, whether you're a performing artist, a Mm -hmm. musician, a writer, or a, you know, clothing designer giving these opportunities to really push their businesses through some of these grants. Um, I think that's where there there needs to be more opportunities from some of these, these local companies that are very well established and have a lot of money to supply some of these grants.
1: That's such a great policy idea. It makes me think about the fact that one thing that people lament about Milwaukee is that the talent that's here is so extraordinary. And then in order to grow as an artist, the perception is in certain spheres that you have to then leave once you reach a certain point in your career. And we at Imagine are thinking about this all the time. How do we we lock in Milwaukee's talent to stay here and keep contributing to the environment that's so rich?
3: Yeah, and and that's so great to hear you say that, that, you know, Imagine, I bring up Imagine constantly to artists and musicians to look into what you're doing and the support that you're giving to Milwaukee, because you really are a beacon of of hope and support for Milwaukee and for these artists, because sometimes they just don't know where to look. And and right away, I go, hey, check out Imagine, because you're going to find some great materials and some great people to talk to. Mm.
2: Oh, well, we really appreciate that, Ryan. And we're looking forward to, let's figure out how to make a a cadre of uh, makers and residents, artists and residents across the city. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. (laughs) So uh, where, remind people where they can find you, where they can find your uh, oft updated Instagram, for example, and uh, remind us of the website.
3: Yeah, www.MilwaukeeMakersMarket.com. You can find us on Facebook, Milwaukee Makers Market, and on Instagram, Milwaukee Makers Market. Um, And and yeah, don't be confused because there's a lot of different ones out there. If you're just looking (laughs) up Makers Market, you're going to look at a ton of them, but make sure you put in Milwaukee Mm -hmm. Makers Market because that's us. And that's what we're trying to do is push Milwaukee forward. Mm.
1: Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time and your energy this morning.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I really do get excited talking about these small businesses because yeah, I may be the face of Milwaukee Makers Market and the voice of Milwaukee Makers Market, but I'm not what's pushing Milwaukee forward. It's the community, it's these small businesses. When when you're coming to a makers market, you're not just helping me fulfill my dream of of Mm -hmm. putting on these events you're helping over 40 small businesses achieve their dream. And, and that's what really helps me sleep at night and puts a mm. smile on my face.
2: Mm. Well, we'll see you there soon. Thanks so much, Ryan.
3: Yeah, thank you.
2: Well, thank you, Ryan. If you're still listening after, as we know, you were a podcast listener before even before this. Um, what a lovely interview, right, Elizabeth? Yeah, he had great energy. Mm-hmm. I'm really struck by how he may have started in one role in the maker world in Milwaukee and felt the calling to be a leader in a different way and, and kind of develop those skills and. I think Milwaukee is full of people like that who maybe shape shift as needed to ensure that, you know, the, the, the portion of the arts and cultural world that they're excited about remains or, or becomes really vibrant.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. He stepped up to the plate and because of his work, as he mentioned in the interview, he's, he's really ensuring that the investments that people make in products that they purchase stay in this community, which, Mm -hmm. which I think is really important hmm. The conversation reminds me of the fact that there are so many talented people in this town, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the person who delivers your mail is also in a punk rock band, right? <laughs> like, it just seems like Milwaukee mm-hmm. has this reputation as being a livable place, right? Where you can have a balance of, you know, mm-hmm. having a full time job or a part time job, and pursuing whatever creative endeavor, you know, lights
2: you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And and how lucky we are to be a part of helping make that ecosystem possible mm-hmm. so that, you know, I think about how essential someone like Ryan is and that we're someone not creating those spaces for, for art and materials and products to be sold. There wouldn't be that avenue and that source of revenue that allows people to have a little bit of that balanced life that allows them to be creative even if it isn't their full-time gig so really seriously gratitude for ryan and all the other folks like him out there making it happen totally you know who else i'm grateful for who Our listeners thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review or contact us directly at pod at ImagineMKE.org. Imagine This Podcast is hosted by David Lee, Lindsay Sheridan, and Elizabeth Gasparca. The show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Gasparca. Our theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake.
1: To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore or Facebook Imagine MKE. Thanks again and we'll catch you next Tuesday when Milwaukee Art Museum's Kintera Souffrant will join us on the pod. Thanks y'all.
2: Bye! got it oh I liked Elizabeth's tone the most on this last one that was cool hmm. what was it what did you hear I don't know I'd like to think I smiled started. a little bit yeah I think smiling helps yeah it was like My Sarah theory.
0: Koenig but but not as Sarah Koenig. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yes dreams, that's a good compliment coming true
1: dreams coming true <laughs>